It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The the end of the episode that's when it technically ends hello and welcome to building the game a documentary podcast today is monday september 9th and you're listening to episode 380 almost screwed that one up there (laughs) hey before we start the show just a quick reminder uh we want your ideas for our pitch challenge so please uh send us your ideas about name of game or mechanics, or components, or anything cool like that. And that would be awesome. We appreciate it. And now, on with the show. And today I'm joined by Nicole. Hey, Nicole, how's it going? Great, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. It's your first official episode here we're doing. I know. It's pretty exciting stuff, right? It's cool to see your face also. (laughs) I know. Yeah, we're So we're video uh, chatting, uh, because... it's really weird for me. I was telling Nicole before we started recording, it's really weird for me to not be like sitting across from someone because I did that for a really long time. And uh, and I've done interviews before, obviously, just with voice. Um, but trying to have like just a, a back and forth conversation this way was, was difficult for me. So, um, so we're trying this video thing out to see uh, if that works better for us. Yeah, I was like, I was like, Jason just texted me and said, do you want to do face to face? And Anthony was like, is he here? (laughs) (laughs) I I expected you to reply and say, like, oh, like video chat. And I was going to say, no, I'm outside your door. (laughs) But you just beat me to the punchline. by like, are you outside my apartment? (laughs) You're like, knock, knock. I was like, hold on. Is he really knocking? (laughs) I don't don't really know where your apartment is. So if I'd been thinking, I would have sent a message to Anthony and been like, Go pretend like I'm at the door. It'll be great. <laughs> that would have been really funny. Oh, all right. Well, hey, so um, we uh, uh, normally we just do some small talk here, but we had a builder, Eric Handler, who's been a long, long time listener of the show, uh, make a suggestion. And that was he really wanted to hear um, he really wanted to hear me answer the 10 questions that y'all answered on the other episodes. Um, and, and we said, sure, why not? So that'll fill some time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so Nicole, uh, was gracious enough to say, uh, she would, uh, I mean, I kind of conscripted you into like, Hey, Nicole will do this. I knew you'd be game for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm definitely into it. Also, does your shirt have pineapples on it? It does. It does has pineapples on it. Did yeah. you get it at American Eagle? I didn't. I got it at Walmart. <laughs> so. What? Okay. Because I have shorts that look just like that. Oh, really? Like, Wait. Oh, that's funny. Can I also get a shirt that matches that? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this is I, great for the listeners. I just have the shirt. It is blue with white pineapples on it. It is true. I also have it's a blue perfect. shirt with pink flamingos. Uh, yeah. Mm. I've gotten really into the prints this year for uh, summer. Yeah. It's been really good. Uh, I, oh, I also have a, a green shirt with uh, uh, neon flamingos on it just because, Ooh. you know. There's one more. I don't remember. Oh, there's a white shirt with, with cactuses on it because why not, Ooh, right? Yeah, that's perfect. So cactuses are very in. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so I'm trying to be hip. I'm trying to be with the times. I turned 40 this year, right? So I'm trying to like, you know, uh, seem like so I'm hipper I. than I am. So did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 40 club. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> People always are like, oh, I'm so old now. I'm like, I don't even care. Like, whatever. Like, Well, they're like, I'm so old. I'm like, how old are you? They're like 32. And I'm like, please leave immediately. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, go away. <laughs> See, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm 40, but like mentally, I'm like 14, so it balances <laughs> out. 
I'm like yeah, 30 same. basically with the average. Right, so. right. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to let you ask me these questions. It's going to be awesome. Okay. Are you ready? I'm so ready. I actually Question don't remember what most of them are. So. I didn't either until I just looked. Question number one. What is your favorite word? Dude. Dude? Dude. So uh, I, I say dude a lot. I've said dude since high school. It's something that's never went away. Like I'm always like, dude, dude. Yeah. All right, dude. Yeah. I call my kid dude. Call my kid duder sometimes. Um, Did you like I, uh, dude, where's my car? Yeah, I did. I've never actually seen that movie, but <gasps> I know, right? But I'm a big fan of the dude, so there's that. You need to see Dude Where's My Car. I should, I should, especially now because it's like it's been so long, right? Um, yeah. And I use dude, and maybe this is not okay, but I use dude as a gender neutral term because, like, to me, like, like I don't, it's just dude. It's it's just a thing you say. Like, yeah. I like it because it can be a person or it can be an exclamation. I think as long as people are comfortable. Yes, yes. If it's I, cool if, to say dude. If I like said, hey dude, what's up? And you, Nicola, you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. No. Then I'd be like, okay, never mind, never mind. So yeah. To me, it's like the perfect word. So yeah. So yeah, that one was easy. Beyond that, I literally have no idea. Oh, oh yeah, saw, go ahead. Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh no, I saw a funny meme and I'm trying to remember what it said. It was like... It was like, I don't have a preferred pronoun. Please don't talk to me. Nice. And I was like, I was like, that's really funny. Um, but I, I screwed it up. It was much funnier than that. Um, okay. Number two. Mm-hmm. What is your least favorite word? Meh. Meh? Yeah. Meh. Mm. I've, when, that, when that first word was a thing, I had a couple friends who like, whenever you'd be like, oh, this cool thing. Like, oh, I'm so excited. And they're like, meh. And I just hate that because it's like just crapping on someone's parade, right? Yeah, like, I feel like Think Geek really popularized that. Yeah, and I just don't like it. And there are times when I think it's like funny, like, but for the most part, it just is kind of like, I don't know, it's the whole like, Neil Roberts talks about this, this whole solipsism thing, the idea of like negatively commenting on things you, you could just keep your mouth shut. Uh, like when somebody's yeah. excited about something and you rain on their parade for no reason. Um, the I mean, it's basically the internet, right? <laughs> so. Oh, absolutely so anyways that has always uh just driven me crazy and it's funny because i when i was asking you all the questions it didn't occur to me that that was my least favorite word i thought oh yeah dude's my favorite word but as soon as you said it it was like boom that was the word that popped in my head (laughs) that's what i got all right question three all right what turns you on creatively spiritually or emotionally all right. So um, first, I want to say that when I asked that question of you all, um, uh, to some of you, I said, what turns you on? Because that's all the <laughs> question said. And then when I pulled it up for Katarski, it had the whole thing. And I was like, really? So I asked Coolio. He's like, huh. Um. So, yeah. Anyways, um, you know, what gets me uh, excited creatively is a new idea. Um like any sort of new idea that I can like obsess about, I'm down with that. So when it comes to game ideas, like I like I, that's that's like a big one for me right now. Obviously, is a game idea or like a story idea, something to where I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna jump on that right now. That gets me yeah. real jazzed. Um, sometimes it's just like a new idea with life. Like, hey, the family's gonna do this thing, and I'm really excited about it. Um, yeah. So that um, 
that excites me too much, I think, like, because I get real excited <laughs> and then, like, I kind of burn out on things. You um, get hype. Yeah, big time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my one for that. All right. Question four. All right. What turns you off? Um, routine. Doing the same thing over and over again, um, which is funny to me because like also having OCD like routine is everything to me like right. like having that comfort level but then like I get in a rut from that and then I'm just like everything is and then like and then my my go-to like escapism thing is like let's go somewhere let's do something new because I know that will spark those ideas and feelings so right. uh yeah yeah you're like let's be spontaneous wait but I have to plan everything right 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 okay what is your favorite curse word? <sighs> I think I have to go with every single other person on the show because we all said the same word, which is <laughs> fuck. <laughs> um, it's, you know, all the reasons you all gave are just, it's just so versatile, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, and it's funny because every single one of us uh, said the same word. So, um, but it's, because really it's, a, funny. it's a good word. It's a really it's good, a good word. word. It's got a nice mouthfeel. It does. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like, too, that I can censor myself when I say it so that my kids don't understand when I say, like, like, I'll say it like that, like, and then Steph, but Steph still knows my wife. She still knows exactly what I meant. I like that. <laughs> That's a win for me. Yeah, I think one thing I didn't realize about marriage was, um, like, Anthony 100% knows my moods also. Like, we were going somewhere this weekend, and I was like... I was trying real hard to be like, no, like once we get there, I'm going to have fun. Like in my head, I was like, it's okay. I can do this. But it was like a million degrees outside and I was so cranky. I had a headache and we like went to get in the car and he was like, you really don't want to do this, do you? And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, I can tell. And I was like, oh, marriage. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's so deceitful. (laughs) I can't hide anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. It's like when somebody so. says, Jason, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm tired. And everybody's like, oh, he's tired. And I'm always like, no, he's not. He's in a bad yeah. mood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. They're like the narrator. Exactly. Like narrator. He, he was wasn't tired. tired. He was in a bad mood. <laughs> he was not just tired. Yeah. Gosh, I wish All we right. could have Ron Howard narrate our lives. Why is that not a thing? <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the next one is number six. Okay. What sound or noise do you love? This is, uh, um, so I can actually, I don't feel bad about this because yours was super cheesy too. But, um, my kids both have the same giggle. Like if you're like tickling them or like you're doing something that's just making them laugh and like, it is the greatest sound in the world. Like it will, I will never get tired of that. Even when they're being like bad, but they've got mm-hmm. that giggle happening. Like I, I, I can't help but laugh and smile because it's just like, <laughs> like so. Yeah, that's adorable. Yes, yes. Uh, so then, number seven. Conversely, what sound or noise do you hate? Right, and I actually kind of answered this one because Katarski couldn't think of one, so he made me. It's like, what's yours? Katarski and I was like, couldn't. Yeah, I know. He's then he <laughs> then he did come back and He's he said off tune singing was his thing. And I was like, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> Um, but uh, mine is any sound in the background, like a droning sound, like the washing machine or something like that. Um, 
with the OCD thing, it actually makes it so I can't focus on what's happening in front of me. So like if you and I were talking, but like there was a washing machine in the background, I'm going to be looking at you and I'm going to be smiling. I have no idea what you're saying because I'm just going to be hearing thunk in the background. Right, um, right, right. So, uh, so anyways, yeah, that 1000% is the worst thing for me. I know it's kind of a general group of noises, but still. <laughs> no, sucks. no, it makes total sense. I, I have a hard time. Sometimes I come home and Anthony um, will be playing. He's like, he's very like he's audio he's like he's always got music playing sometimes mm-hmm. he's got music in one room and then a podcast in the other room and then he'll like <laughs> try to like, talk to I me and i'll be like here? <laughs> i'll be like i can only comprehend one thing and, and with all these noises i can't actually function yeah yeah. i yeah. shut down i'm like are you it's like the windows shut down noise and then <laughs> i just like lay on the ground <laughs> oh my okay gosh. i may turn these so, off on the corey boots <laughs> <laughs> all right so number eight mm-hmm. what profession other than your own would you like to attempt oh hmm you know um i have always wanted to just be like a professional like adventurer like like just like like independently wealthy right i mean that's that's what i mean everyone wants that as their second job right but like the idea like the ability to like like go like hiking and traveling like in the wilderness and stuff like that. Maybe be like that dude from um, who lived in Alaska who just like went there and retired and like built a cabin and like lived by himself. Um, but the lack of Wi-Fi really doesn't work for me. Uh, also, yeah. the lack of of woodland skills, um, you know, and the lack of money, all those things. Uh, but that <laughs> is something that I've always <laughs> wanted to do. Right? Like just be able to like go hike somewhere and be somewhere and that sounds awesome to me yeah that does sound rad um okay number nine what profession would you not like to do anything that involves lots of math so probably math professor sounds like the worst um Yeah. yeah 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 because i'm not great with math um i don't like explaining math to people so yeah I'm going to go with math professor. That's fair. All right. And the final question. Number 10. I remember this one. (laughs) If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? And I did think about this one ahead of time. And I I think it's, what were you so worried about all the time? (laughs) Because, yeah, because when you've got OCD and anxiety issues, as you know, as many of the builders who who have those issues probably know, you spend a lot of time worrying about nothing, right? Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Or maybe like you could just stop worrying now. <laughs> that'd be cool right. too. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's another. There's another great meme that was like, "Brain, are you worried?" And it's like me about what? But yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I saw that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about what? But but yeah. 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 But yeah. All right, you did it. I did it. So now the builders know the truth about me, my internal workings. So, um, and well, I never, like, I didn't purposely prepare for that. I've been watching, I watched that show for years. So I feel like I did prepare. Your whole life. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Basically, my whole life has been leading to this moment. All right. Well, hey, we should talk about a topic here. Heck yeah. You want to talk about a topic? Yeah. So you had a suggestion for a topic. Do you want to explain the topic or do you want me to explain the topic? Yeah. Yeah, I can explain it. Um, Go for so it. 
my topic was just kind of talking about the difference between like Kickstarter and self-publishing versus having a publisher and just sort of like the pros and cons of each because they both have pros and cons. Absolutely. And like, I, f- I feel a little bit like um, I didn't fully get the Kickstarter experience, though. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I did. So <laughs> I kickstarted a game all by myself. So, yeah. How did you um, my main question for that? The question that Anthony and I always that keeps us up at night is oh, here are for Kickstarter. Like, OK, so you, you went to the printer you figured out how much money, like like in the case of Resistor, we figured out how much money it would cost to print. I think it was like 500, 1,000, 1,500, mm-hmm, and like 2,000, mm-hmm. something like that. But how right. do you then figure out how much you need for your goal? Specifically, how do you factor in shipping when Kickstarter is so exponential? Does that make sense? Yeah. So, um, so let me start off by saying I did a bad job at most of those things. Um, (laughs) So I kickstarted. You don't want to be a math teacher, so that makes (laughs) sense. Well, I I kickstarted a game called Water Balloon Washout way back in the day. Um, This was early Kickstarter. Um, We had just started the podcast. I kind of wanted the experience of kickstarting something, um, and I did a bad job with it. Right. Um, So first of all, I figured out what it would cost to print um, eleven hundred copies. Uh, no, a okay. thousand copies, which ended up being almost eleven hundred because of uh, the printer does like a ten percent overrun, up to a ten percent overrun. Okay, um, I guess that's how it works. Um, Who so, did anyways, you print with? I printed with Delano, uh, which is okay. a place in um, Battle Creek, actually, that prints board games. Oh. Um, they're popular for printing Flux, um, okay. and also um, the stuff that uh, Rather Dashing Games has done okay. uh, with Ghost Hunters, dude. So, um, yeah, so they, they used them. That's how I heard about them. Um, and so I, I, I worked with Delano and, um, it was very expensive. Like, I mean like five bucks a copy expensive, like overly priced. This is a card game, right? Like this was a card game. It should have been about a dollar a copy. Um, but I printed it here. I didn't know how to deal with China and all of that. And frankly, I didn't even know how to do this stuff here. Um, but what I did to try and break down pricing was I figured out my cost per unit I look at what Kickstarter would take. I looked at the actual shipping cost. I figured out the weight and the size and everything. And then I like mocked up an envelope, took it to the post office, got it weighed. What, what's the average going to be on this? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I built a number where I could just put it all right in there. So it was like okay. 19 bucks for the game, I think. And you got everything like shipping and all that include. That was back when like you had to include shipping because that's what right. people expected. Yeah, um, yeah. So that was kind of my experience with that. And it was difficult, right? I mean, I was out there shilling every day, like trying to like weigh the pros and cons of like, do I do advertisements? Like, you know, so I ended up dropping like a thousand dollars or five hundred dollars with um, Board Game Geek to run like banner okay. ads and stuff, and those those helped. I mean, we got. I don't know that I got my actual money back out of it. Um, right. Based on the clicks, I absolutely did not. Um, but what was cool was we had a real high conversion rate. I think conversion rate's the term where like if people clicked. They generally bought the game, but not a lot of people clicked, right? So it was okay. like you saw the game and you were like, I want a kid's style game with some fun right. art on it. You clicked it, you bought it, right? right. Um, but a lot of people just didn't click it because it wasn't, I mean, I get it. It was it was off brand for a lot of gamers, right? Right, right, right. Um, 
you know, nowadays I see the most clever thing I've seen people doing now is for shipping, they charge actual shipping after the fact. Um, and I don't exactly know how they do that, but somehow they get the I game. I think they do they, it through backer kit usually. Okay. So it must, backer kit must know, you must give them all the information, the dimensions and stuff. And then they like know what it's going to cost. Um, I've never, I've never used backer kit other than like, once I've backed a Kickstarter, they'll like send me a link. There's backer kit right. and there's another one. I can't remember what the other one's called. Um, yeah, I'm not sure what the other one I is. I mean, there's like a billion of them now. Yeah, I think. but there's backer kit and there's one other main one. I don't remember off the top of my head, which is silly because I'm pretty sure that that's the the, the other one is what Mark used for um, Unreal Estate when they did that. But I don't remember what it was because that was the one part of the Kickstarter I didn't deal with. Right. Um, was shipping. Um, so, yeah, and the other thing the way is. Do you do fulfillment yourself, right? Or do right. you do fulfillment, um, uh, you know, have a, somebody else do it, right? Like you just ship all the games somewhere and then they ship them all out for you, which of course costs more money. And you have to budget for that as well. Right. Um, so, yeah. What are your, like, I've got other thoughts about the Kickstarter side, but like what you, you should talk more because I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, it's okay. When, when we did Resistor, uh, we did have someone who was like, hey, we can do fulfillment and we can like store your games. But they wanted to charge us like, I mean, this was also like five years ago. Right, right, right. And they wanted to charge us like $5 a game to do that. And it was oh. like, it was like a $20 game. So we were like, that's right. super unreasonable. <laughs> that's all of our profits. <laughs> yeah. And, so um, you did you, you actually kickstarted Resistor though yourself? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So we, but we had a really interesting situation in that we kickstarted Resistor and then made the goal in like 36 hours. And then like we launched it on a Tuesday. We left for PAX East the next day, Mm -hmm. like the next night. And then like within that week, uh, Level 99 approached us and was like, can we publish your game? And we were like, okay. We were like, are you going to take care of shipping? <laughs> Anthony was like, we have to ask more questions than just that one. And I was like, You're but like, that's, that's the most important about, right? one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he ended up he ended up we, we ended up um, sending him the money from the Kickstarter and then he took care of the printing. And we had already set it up as a printer. So he used that printer, which was super nice. interesting because that wasn't a printer right. he had used before. So it was very it was all very different. So- so did you basically send him the Kickstarter money and then he sent you back in advance, I mean, like royalties on the game then? Is that how that yeah. works? Yeah. Interesting. That is a unique we, situation for sure. Oh, so unique. Yeah. How, how did Resistor do in total on Kickstarter? Um, Resistor, we asked for 9500 and I think we got 23000 Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. I it asked was pretty for, good. I asked for 5000 and got 5500 So <laughs> so That's still no, awesome. 7000 and got... And got seventy five, whatever it was. Yeah, it was seven thousand. I got seventy five hundred. So, it's real close. Um, Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which was which was fine. I mean, um, Resistor. I think was probably a game that fit more in the market with gamers, which probably helped a bit. <laughs> also, I bet we it had better art like, because I'm guessing Anthony did it, right? Anthony did do the art. We also promoted it for like a year and a half. Oh yeah, yeah. That that would also help. I promoted so it on like, a podcast that didn't have a lot of listeners at the time. <laughs> <laughs> we um we did indie mega booth twice. Um, oh nice! And nice. when you do indie mega booth, you then get on their alumni list for life. Oh nice! And that's a big list, so we were able to like reach out to them. And then we right. did we printed a lot of stuff through the Game Crafter, and like 
the game crafter has that like little chat in the corner that you can mm-hmm. always like open. Yep. Yep. And Anthony was constantly talking to them. So the day that we launched, everybody was like, the chat was like, send us a link, send us a link. So like, right. That's and we had a mailing list. Um, what else do we do? We, we, we had just like gone to a bunch of events. So people were like, you know, let us know when you launch and we'll, we'll do like a blast for you and stuff like that. That's awesome. It was pretty cool. And then we had a couple friends launch around the same time and we did the like cross Kickstarter update promotion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's smart. Like you're already back in my game, back this other game and vice versa. And and let's be honest, five years ago, like that cross promotion, that meant something, right? Because there weren't as many games. Like whereas now when somebody says, hey, go back to this other game, you're like, dude, I back like four games this week. Okay, I can't. Like, I just can't. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, I like don't even look at Kickstarter anymore. No, me either. I, um, it's very rare that I back a game on Kickstarter. It's generally like I'll back like it's a green couch game. Like I know I'm going to like it, so I'll back it. Because right. like I am literally their target audience like for this style mm-hmm. of games mm-hmm. that Kajarski makes. But other than that, yeah, there there really aren't any companies that I that I blanket would back anymore. Uh, and I will back some stuff every now and then if it looks like a really good deal. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah. Honestly, I think the last thing I bought backed before that Kickstarter, um, Katarsi's last game was um, Who Shot JR, which was that little... Uh, oh, yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, which Micro I think game. is super clever. And it was like, I don't know, I gave a few dollars for it because like, I think you wanted a dollar, yeah. Um, yeah. which seemed wildly underpriced. So, yeah. So we... So we to give you an idea of our trajectory, we kickstarted Resistor in 2015 and we had we had like promoted it and like asked loads of questions for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, I want to say 2016. I want to say 2016 was when we did Laser Riders. Oh, and it just think- took a bit for it to come out because that came out in 17 or 18. I think it came out in 17. 17. Yeah, yeah, yep. I think yep. I think the Kickstarter was November of 2016. Because okay, right. Greater Than Games ran a Kickstarter for it. Right, right, right. And I missed the Kickstarter um, and then heard about it afterwards and was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and then I think it was 2017 um, that we did Centipede for IDW. And they didn't Kickstart it. They just... Right, right, yeah. Yeah. So, we had like... We had... We had Resistor, which we kickstarted ourselves and did everything ourselves until it came to like the fulfillment, in which case the publisher took care of all of that. And then we had mm-hmm. Laser Riders, which we they saw the game at Unpub, like in a very, very early form. And we ended up working with them to like they like hired a great artist and he was super open to like having conversations with us about like nice. what stuff was gonna look like. That's and then awesome. with um with Centipede IDW came to us and said, "Hey, we got some Atari licenses. Would you like to do one of these?" So that was you were like, a yeah, completely different. Yeah, exactly. It had was they just, seen had they seen Laser Riders? Well, it was Gilmore was the one who was like, "Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool." Yeah. So yeah. he knew all of our games. So he was like, "Hey, do right, you guys right, right. want to?" He was like, "You yeah. all are a good fit for that." Yeah. <laughs> and awesome. we were like, uh, "We want to do Centipede, please." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So. I feel like we should talk about the publishing. So we've talked kind of about like, well, I don't know if we talked about the perks of Kickstarter, right? Um, Yeah. I mean, the perks of Kickstarter are that you kind of have complete creative control. Right, right, right. 
and you, I mean, you obviously are taking on all the risk, but so uh, one, one thought I'm looking to kickstart a game. Um, and the reason I want to kick, it's a game that Josiah and I designed together, um, called mm-hmm. dodgy dinos about saving dinosaurs. Um, uh, I love it. And, already. uh, so like we, I knew that I was not going to find a publisher for that game likely cause it's, so it's, it's not a kid's game. He wanted to design a game like that the adults could play. Um, but we've made it hopefully simple enough that kids could also play it. Um, so like I don't it's not the type of game where I can see a specific publisher that it would fit with right. um, because of the weight isn't it's not it's not heavy enough right um, and so like I'm like you know, we'll just kickstart it we'll print it through Game Crafter right you know I'll just right. hire a, so I, I hired an artist to do all the artwork um, you know and I'll hope to recoup most of that cost through the Kickstarter if not more you know we're going to try and do some good marketing around it Um telling the story of why we designed it together and like what the purpose of that was. And I won't spoil that now, but anyways, so long story short, like that to me is, um, is a great reason to kickstart something when you've got something unique that you don't necessarily think is going to fit in line with another publisher. Right. Right. Um, Or you don't want to wait for a publisher, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think if you have something you think you can do on your own that you can, that can be a blockbuster, you should do that. Right. Yeah. Because, yeah, 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 yeah. I think for us, um, you know, when we did Resistor, when the publisher approached us, we were like, we like contacted a few publishers we knew and we were like, is this normal? What do we ask for? And like a couple of them were kind of like, well, you guys made it clear that you wanted to kickstart. So we didn't. We were like, oh. wait, would you have been <laughs> interested in Resistor if we hadn't said the word kickstarter? And they were like, well, yeah, but you seemed like determined. And we were like, whoop. So right. then, then with laser riders, we didn't even have a chance to like think about that because they they like wanted that in a really early form. So we were like, right. yeah, let's right. let's do this and let's see what this is like. But um, we haven't had like a super. We have we have five games that are in a workable form. One of them mm-hmm. we've worked on for like I want to say like seven years, and uh, that's cool. Is that a game about and tanks? Tanks have, we've worked on for like three or four years. Okay. I, that tanks is yeah. one I know you've worked on for a long time. So, yeah. So we have, we have tanks. We have kobolds. We have um, kismet dice, which is like a little two-player dice game. We have mosquito madness, and we have dance hall mashup, which is our dancing game. So those are our five like nice. games that we've been nice. shopping around, and we've like not had a lot of luck with. I mean, last year was kind of like you know with Anthony being sick, it was it was mostly a wash. But then right, 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 right. We like went all in at PAX Unplugged. We were like, we're just going to bring all of our sell sheets and we're just going to blitz. Mm-hmm. And we actually had a couple people who were like, yeah, we're, we're interested in this. We're interested in this. We're interested in this. And like, it's, it's just, it seems like the market is way more saturated to the point where we are considering kickstarting something again. We've, I feel like right. we've come full circle. Yep. Yep. No, that's Nicole. That is like, oh man, yeah, you're hitting me right where I'm thinking about stuff. <laughs> like, it's so hard, right? Like, it's so. One of the things that's really interesting is to hear you say, and I've heard a lot of other designers say this. Like, I've worked on this game for years, and like, I literally don't know what that's like because I kind of have this un. So, I started this unspoken rule between Rob and I that I never have talked about on the show. Now that I realize it, where I won't bring a game to a Gen Con twice, right? So okay. if I've been working on a game for 12 months and no one's bought it, I stop working on that game. Um, okay. 
that's probably stupid. Like that's probably dumb. But back to back to what's Jason's favorite thing? It's ideas, right? Right. So like after a year, a game becomes boring to me. Frankly, after four months of a game becomes boring to me. Like right. and so, um, but but to to point out why that's stupid, I have a publisher really interested in an old game of mine that I stopped working on and then only brought to Gen Con on a whim. And then it turns out like publishers are all interested in it. Um, and that's like, so, you know, that just proves that I'm stupid on that. But um, no, it's also, you have to keep in mind that it's also the changing taste of the market. So it's like, that's true. Yeah. If you were working on a game four years ago and it was a certain style of game and like the market was saturated and nobody wanted right. it. And now you come back with it. It's going to look new. You know it's what true. I mean? Yeah, that's true. The other thing I like about that is, I've, I've pulled out some old games and had, have been able to polish them up and make a new game out of it that's better. And that's because it's like old designer, right? Versus newer design, like a guy who's been around for a lot longer than, than the dude who tried to design it like six years ago, right? And I was like, why isn't this working? And then I look at it and I'm like, well, idiot, that's why it wasn't working. Like, you didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> um, so, I think the other thing yeah. is, um, sorry to interrupt you, sorry. Oh, no, 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 do it. Um, so I've been doing like professional editing for like almost 20 years. And despite the fact that I have taken classes, I own books on copy editing. I've been paid to do a lot of copy editing. Like there are still times when if I wrote something, if, if I try to reread it, my brain is filling in the words that I've, that are missing or the words I've misspelled. So it's the same thing with game design, right? Like Mm -hmm. you can't always see things that, and also, it's it's why playtesting is so important. <laughs> right, right, right. Because you yeah, can't yeah. always, like, see, like, it's it's your blind spots, you know? Yep. It's why blind playtesting is so important, right? Oh, God, um, yeah. And I, I so harrowing. just hate blind playtesting. I hate it. I, I blind playtested something for Peter Hayward, and he sat there while we blind playtested, and I was like, you have this, like, fortitude of a person that I just don't understand because, like, yeah. I would be so uncomfortable sitting there watching people try to figure out how to play my game because like he actually he had some problems in the rules like the rules are fine they just some of the explanations didn't make sense and he was able to fix it after you know us doing that but like him just because he had to watch you he had to watch what was intuitive for you yeah and at one point he finally had to stop us and say you guys are really screwing this one part up this means this and we're like oh that makes way more sense um which was great that he did that instead of like letting us just play test his game completely wrong yeah, uh, but it showed him how to fix the rules, and uh, so oh, it's anyways, stressing me out like, just thinking about it. It is, yeah. <laughs> like I, I don't even like showing guy games to people. It's it's one of the reasons why I've started co-designing so much because I feel so much. Um, I just feel so much more empowered when I'm working with someone else because like that's one other person to say this isn't a stupid idea. So, but right. then again, you talk about how like with you and Anthony, like it's still scary to show something to someone else because you think so much alike, right? That you might be like. You think it's awesome, and they're like, "This is terrible," and you're like, "Ah." You know? <laughs> it's also tough because, like, we have like like the, our two player dice game. You know, we mm-hmm. have played it like a billion times, and right, we right. we love it. We love it, and like some other people play it, and they're like, "Yeah, I get this. I grok this. I like it." And other people play it, and they're like, "This is." St- stupid and we're like why do we have so much fun (laughs) like what is making us enjoy it well i think the thing to remember right is that that's no different than any published game right i mean how many published games have you played that you thought sucked right and somebody else played and they thought were amazing i I, so the first time you and i met uh we were playing code names pretty sure 
Um, or maybe that was the second. No, that was the second time. I don't, either way, the first time we officially met was when we were playing um, Dead Last, which I hated that game. Oh, my game. God. But you made it super fun. Anthony also you kept hates that game. You kept threatening everybody. So, um, and you said like, like you dropped a lot of F-bombs and you're like, I will kill you, MF-er. Um, and I was like, I don't even know you. I was like, I like her. Um, but so we met playing Codenames, which like universally, like I've only met one person in all of gaming that I've played Codenames with, which is probably like 40 people who was like, I hate this game. Right. But like. They literally were like, this is the worst game ever. And I'm like, you're wrong, first of all. But, you know, it's just, it's interesting because it's no different than like when somebody's looking at your prototype, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, where you're like, I get this. And then suddenly they're like, I'm, I'm not. But because it's a prototype, I think we're like programmed to automatically think, oh my gosh, something's wrong with the game, right? Right. But it's not necessarily that. I don't, I don't know. I just, I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but like, it's like. No, it's awesome. That drives me crazy. That feeling of like. Um, like oh this this game must just suck right and like right. no it doesn't mean it sucks because somebody doesn't like it but yeah anyways I mean it's like any media that you consume you know what I mean it's like there are people who hate shows you like there are people who hate video games that you like there are people who hate books that you like and it's just you know I think the hardest thing for me is accepting that it doesn't matter what we do there's no way we're ever going to make something that everybody loves right somebody's always going to say meh about it Right. <laughs> your your least favorite word. Yeah, see? <laughs> um so I don't I don't feel like we actually covered the topic we set out to cover, but I feel like we had a really good discussion about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, me which too. Is, <laughs> is one of the most BTG things ever. So that's awesome. Um uh but if you don't uh if you've got any final thoughts on that, we should hit those, but then then it's time to pitch a game because we're running a little shorter on time here. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I I, I just think that like you know, they just they just both have their pros and cons. And I think that, you know, I think that it's a lot. It's, it's also changed a lot from like the last time we because we haven't put out a game in like two years. So it's also like, you mm-hmm. know, it, it's a little bit tougher because we have, you know, we have our five games. And I think we're at a point with Kobolds where we're like, you know, we can just kickstart this. But then it's right, like, right. Then we, we've come like full circle back to like all the questions that we asked ourselves like five years ago. It's like, well, how much is this going to print? How much is it going to sh- cost to ship? Right. How do we like get the word out and stuff like that? So and to, yeah. and to speak to I'm sorry, I just remembered. Um, no, go for it. To speak to your comment about like getting bored with the game, you know, with Kobolds, it is so, so different than it was when we first made it. Like, right. We so it's have, like a new game. Yeah, like like we have made so many, even like from six months ago, Anthony has made wow. some major changes that like have really changed the way that the game flows. And the other thing that's hard about Kobolds is that it's a it's a co op, so it's like we want it to be extra hard. But um, mm-hmm. one thing that I feel has changed with publishers, and I might be wrong, is that we you know we pitched all a bunch of games at PAX Unplugged, and we were like. And they were they would say things like, "Well, this just needs more development," and it's like, "Yeah, that's why we're here." Right, 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 right. Yeah, that's your job, right? That's that's why we want you. Please take it. <laughs> right, right. No, and I think so. That that highlights a really key feature between the difference between Kickstarter and publishing is, like, Kickstarter is always going to be a ton of work. Like, there will mm-hmm. you will never run an easy Kickstarter. If it's not yeah. successful, it's not easy. If it's super successful, it's even less easy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Working That's with even a publisher, more yeah, right. <laughs> working with a publisher can be incredibly easy. 
it can be hard, but in general, it's always going to be less work than right. Um, there's also a chance for less reward too, right? So right. I think that's, that's a big thing, right? The risk reward on that yeah. is, is much lower. You yeah. absolutely, if you do a Kickstarter right and it's successful, you will make gobs more money <laughs> than you ever will getting your game published unless it's like a huge publisher and they can do, you know, 40,000 copies of it, right? Right, right. I just pulled that number, 40,000. Yeah, 40,000. That's a know, big number. A number. No, you're right. accurate. It is, right? <laughs> it is a Highly number. specific big number. <laughs> all right, so uh, we need to have you pitch a game here. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I have no idea what you're going to pitch here, so... Okay. Not so. that I normally would know what anyone else was going to pitch. Just I'm just saying that. So I'm talking. I'm going <laughs> to stop talking. Pitch a game. <laughs> so this is like the 15th time I've said this on this podcast, but I saw this meme. <laughs> <laughs> and the meme said, um, have you ever like that? If you hear a person say a conspiracy theory, you should just say something even more insane. Like if somebody's like, do you know they faked the moon landing? You should come back with like, oh, you believe in the moon? I saw that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, what if that was a game? Like, what if it was like, what if somebody pitched to you like, oh, like, can you believe this conspiracy theory? And you just had to come up with something even more insane than what they had said. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anthony took it a step further because I went, I was like, does this sound like a dumb idea? And Anthony was like, well, what if we also played it like it was like telestrations where you would like draw part of it or write part of it and then you'd have to give that to the next person and they would have to add to it and you would have like <laughs> cards that were even like that were things that were like you know conspiracy theory adjacent like Bermuda Triangle right. or Bigfoot right 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 and I was like oh no we don't need to have another prototype going <laughs> <laughs> but it was know, super that. fun to think about so you can even do that with like cards um yeah, you know, where they have like certain conspiracy things on, it and you're just putting those down. And like, with illustrations, do you do you get like cards and stuff, and then you draw from that? Or I've not oh, actually man, played I that. Played I've it heard in of so it so long. Uh, I think yeah, I think you get a card, and then you draw, and then you draw the thing, and then you hand it to the next person, and then they have to write what they think the thing is on the next page, and then they hand that word to the next person, who then has to draw that thing. Oh wow! Oh, That's it's hilarious. Brilliant. I played it with my coworkers who were not board gamers, and they were howling by the end of it. Like, oh man, that sounds really fun. Yeah, but yeah. No, I've I've heard of illustrations, but I didn't realize what it was. Now I'm way more interested in the idea of finding illustrations and playing it than I ever was before <laughs> in my life. <laughs> sounds fantastic. Yeah. Sorry, I'm yeah, just I didn't sitting expect here staring like in space thinking about telestrations. <laughs> I'm very bad at drawing, uh-huh. so so I'm in, I'm like infuriating to the person next to me because <laughs> they're like, I have no idea what this is. What is this? What is this? You're like, it's the moon landing. They're like, that's not that's not <laughs> even a circle. You drew a football. Okay, let me like, to give you. I I'm also very dumb. Like we played Pictionary once. Because we had our a bunch of people over and they were like, do you have Pictionary? And I was like, no. So we downloaded a Pictionary app and just used our whiteboard. My, oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. My word was Everglades. Okay. Now, I thought those were mountains. So I drew some mountains and then I drew a Glade plug-in. And my friends were like, 
Is that a glade? Pl- is that supposed to be the Everglades? You idiot. That's like a swamp. And I was like, cool. Yep. That You guessed it, though, right? You got it. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Also, Way to call also, yourself out on that. <laughs> Anthony also pointed out um, that I don't know birds at all because last night they said a bird and I just went caw caw because birds and Anthony was yeah. like that is definitely not the sound that that bird makes and it reminded me of a game of code names that I played where I said like America 3 and my friend Kate was like I know Nicole well enough to know that she probably thinks that she probably looked at Hawk and thought that was the American bird, even though it's Eagle. So I'm just going to touch it. And after the game, I was like, man, you really know me well. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like a bird theme going on with me. I'm just really like bird dumb. Wow. That is, uh, (laughs) (laughs) the, the best closest thing I have to that is just a mispronunciation thing. That was very funny when I was playing monikers, which is that game where like, you'll get like a a person or a word, right. You know, and, um and uh the word was Julian Assange or uh-huh. Assange Julian Assange I think it's Julian Assange um and uh you know you're in a hurry in that game right like you're uh, uh-huh. guess 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 and it was I think it was during the third round of the person did the pose and my wife's like ah uh, Julian Assange um <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah so she'll never live that down because uh, <laughs> that's amazing cause that's hilarious yeah. And the Venice was, I mean, like, she knew what it was, right? It's just <laughs> it's like in the heat of the moment when you're in a hurry, right? Trying to get the yeah. names out before the timer ends. and Yeah, yeah. Oh, so anyways, oh that's glorious. Yeah, good times. All right. Well, hey, I think that's what we have for the show today. Um, you got anything else you want to bring up, talk about? Anything? No? Yes? Uh, no. I just, um, you know... Uh, one thing that I really wish existed is, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm like a big, I'm like a big video game nerd. Uh huh. I don't know if you like video games. Right? Oh yeah, yeah. I play some. I mean, I I have a Switch, so I play a lot of apps like on my phone, and then I have a Switch. Uh, so I did like Breath of the Wild, like start finish, and uh, I'm big into Yoshi Island right now. It's a lot of fun. Or, oh, no, God, sorry, not sorry. Yoshi Island. Yoshi's Crafted World. Sorry, Yoshi's Crafted World. Oh yeah, yeah. The, which is real anything fun. with Yoshi is very cute. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, there was the Nintendo Indie World thing the other morning Mm -hmm. and like I had that in my calendar and like I looked at all this news from Gamescom and I was like freaking out about it and like I know like directors of video games, I know voice actors of video games, I know video game companies, I can tell you like my favorite games, like who made them and like how do I do that but for board games? Like I don't, and it's not like... I can't put my finger on it. Like, it's not like I read Kotaku every day. It's not like I read Polygon every day. I just like... Right, right. You just have a brain for it, right? So I don't know how to make that but b- board games. And like my friend was like, well, there isn't really a Kotaku for board games. We should make it. And I'm like, but where do we get the info from? You see it all a board game geek. <laughs> yeah, board game geek hurts my face. Like, I, I like... <laughs> I like have like a bunch of tabs I open every day and like I open board game geek and sometimes I'm like, I don't know what any of this means. And I just instantly close it. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> so people are freaking out about the board game geek redesign, which I think it's yeah. silly because I think it's fine. Like what? It's fine. I think it whatever. looks fine. I think it yeah. looks fine. Um, the one thing that I don't like about board game geek is the one thing they didn't fix, which is their search engine is terrible. 
Like, hey, Their search engine is very do you know exactly what you want to find word for word with the correct spacing and any punctuation? No? Well, then you better off search somewhere else. Like, I don't search Board Game Geek. I search Google with the oh Board Game Geek site link. And that, um, and if you do it that way, it'll find what you need in a hurry. But like, I don't understand why in today's day and age, they can't just use a Google search tool built in, right? Like tons of other websites do that. So right? easy. So, so easy. I mean, I, I could say so easy. Cause I'm not a web developer uh, and my websites are generally just okay. But like, I, I'm <laughs> confident they could do that. They're real smart. So that is something I'll never understand. But fix that. Well, so, so the other day I was like, Maybe I'm just doing it wrong. And I like look, I like looked at it. I like really looked at it. And like mm-hmm. the top 10 links were all like contest for this game, contest for this game, contest for this game, contest for this game. And then I was like, okay, right. let me scroll down a little bit. And then like I hit a point that was like a bunch of forum questions for a bunch of games I didn't know. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm just doing this wrong. <laughs> like I just yeah. don't know like how to yeah. like optimally use it right i basically log in i have things set up so that when somebody asks a question about one of my games i get a message uh and then i uh and i check those messages like that's that's it yeah um and every once in a while i look at my games just because i'm curious what they're rated and i hope that they're rated not terribly so yeah i just got a micro badge for my for being on there for five years oh nice nice i don't know that i've been on there for that i don't know how long i've actually been on there yeah, I never like I rarely use it. So, uh, but anyways, uh, yeah, board game geek. Tell your friends. Search engine sucks. Uh, <laughs> Nicole's friends. gonna make Kotaku for board games. <laughs> it's gonna be called Bordaku. Um, it's gonna be called Bodaku. Yeah. <laughs> you could try and sell that to Gizmodo. Maybe they'll. Uh, it's gonna be yeah. called Polygon, like Polygon. Polygon. Oh, board games. But Polygon, if you were to spell it B A L I Gon. Then people would assume that was that Bollywood was, movies. Yeah, that it was going to be, or that it was going to be like there were going to be musicals and stuff in there, and that would be amazing. Yeah. I want to make a movie. I mean, a, a board game where musicals just come out of the game. That'd be great. So that'd be perfect. Be amazing. <laughs> oh wow, good stuff. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, hey, we should probably actually go this time because we're. Just about out of time here. So, um, everybody, listeners out there, builders, builders, uh, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You can call our voicemail number at 770-TELL-BTG. Please do that. Uh, If you do have a specific message for one of the co-hosts that's not me, um, then definitely say who the question's for, and I will save it for an episode that they are on. Uh, otherwise, I could be answered by anyone. Probably when we don't have enough stuff to fill an episode, we'll just use that. It'll be great. Um, and uh, yeah, you can also like us on Facebook. You can uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes. I want to get some more reviews on iTunes. Uh, so we've got like 40 of them. I want some more. Um, and I want more that say things like, these guys sound like my uncle. Because, uh, <laughs> well, now I should probably say these people, not these guys. But uh, yeah, uh, we could still sound like your uncle. That'd be okay. Uh, but no, give us some five-star reviews. That'd be awesome. And uh, also, you can get us on Twitter at, at PodcastBTG. I am at J.A. Slingerland. And Nicole is at Toits, uh, which is T-O-I-T-S. Um, I said that right, right? Yeah. Yeah? Awesome. Look at me getting it right. Second <laughs> second episode. Already got it down. Yours was <laughs> the easiest to remember out of there. So, um, yeah. 
All right, and uh, I think that's everything. So uh, yeah, um, good night. This is the uh, part where you, you say good night too. Oh, good night! Oh my gosh, good night. <laughs> building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Dial seven seven hotel BGG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>